Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guest will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones, and I am so glad that you are all here today. You are all very important to me, and I love spending this time with you every week. Last week, my guest was Mystic Molly, and if you didn't hear that episode, definitely go back and listen to it on demand. I just love her energy, Molly. She's such a fabulous person, and we had such good chemistry doing that episode that I actually asked her if she would be interested in coming on the show regularly, being a regular guest, and she was very excited about that. So that's something that we will start doing as well. I know that I mentioned this last week really briefly, but I wanted to mention again that I have decided to sign a year's contract with Voice America. So this show will be continuing for at least another year. So I'm very excited about that. And I wanted to throw that out there for a couple of reasons. First, though, of course, you know that I'm going to be here. But also because if there's anybody that is interested in being a sponsor for the show or a guest even on the show, I would love to talk more with you. Feel free to message me at beyondthebridge11 at gmail.com and we can talk about more specifics. But, you know, anybody that's really like in the metaphysical, spiritual realm or has interest in this and would like to be a guest, it's always nice to get different viewpoints on things and just have a talk even about spirituality. So please feel free to reach out. This week, I'm excited about the episode because we're going to be talking about my absolute favorite thing to talk about, and that is animals. I'm going to be talking about what the animals tell me, what over the years they have shared with me, because I have actually worked with animals uh, most of my life since I was 18 years old, at least, and, and had animals before that. And I'll tell you that even in all of my years of working with them, I have never learned as much in all that time, as I have in the last five years of doing this animal communication professionally. Just talking to them helps me to understand them better because we forget that they are intelligent creatures. Sometimes we forget that. So being able to talk to them, I can hear their point of view and it has opened my eyes to things that I never in a million years imagined that these animals would talk about. So I'm going to go over some of the questions that I've been asked by clients, by listeners about the animals and a little bit about what I've been told by those animals when I've asked them. So first question, I get asked a lot about animals that are rehomed um when you when you adopt an animal what is this animal thinking what are what's the best way for you to go about handling this type of situation because a lot of times what happens is we'll adopt an animal and not think about how much work this is going to be of course anything any bringing anything into your home whether it's an animal a child anything like that is going to change things always. But I think we forget that with animals, that they're not just going to come into our home and settle in and be like, okay, this is home because they have absolutely no idea what's going on. 
So one of the things that we have to do is try and put ourselves in the animal's position. Again, they're intelligent creatures. They may not have the same uh, like level of intellect that we do, but they reason, they feel, they are souls. And so it's it's good for us to try and help them in a way that maybe we don't even understand that we're supposed to help them. So when you adopt an animal... And like, let's say that you don't know anything about that dog's life. Like I adopted, my husband and I adopted a dog uh, almost two years ago and she was found in the desert and she had been attacked by what looked like coyotes or something, but we don't know anything about her past. Now I, as an animal communicator, I can talk to her. I see things. There are some things that I feel like I know about her past, but she's a senior dog. We have no idea what she's been trained or anything like that. So when an animal comes into your home that you don't know anything about and is, you know, at at any age, even a puppy, but, you know, let's talk a little bit more later in age, they need, first of all, to be reassured that this is a good place. They need calm, positive energy. Very important because like one of the things I think when we adopt an animal is we're all excited and, you know, especially like kids, if we take that, the animal home to the kids and they're all excited, but this dog, cat, bird, whatever it is that you're bringing into the home, this is their first time ever coming in contact with any of this stuff. And you can only imagine what they've been through in the rehoming process. So they are going to need some time to decompress. So like I saw something a while back that was uh, somebody that had an actual welcome home party for a dog that they adopted. And this dog had been through so much that it got to the house and like all these people were there excited and the dog took off, like ran away. And this happens all the time with, with dogs, especially running away when they get to a new home because they are not understood. They don't know what's going on. People might leave the door open thinking, you know, this dog isn't going to run. And they do. They, they jump fences. I've seen it all. It So anytime that you bring home a new animal, make sure also to keep them secure. That's just an extra added tip. But what they really tell me that they need when they come to a new home is that compassion, that understanding, that um, calmness. And and really, let's see, what's the word that I'm looking for here? They need us to understand that it's going to take some time for them to acclimate and that they're not going to be perfect. And they might have accidents in the house and they might bark too much and they might chew something up. There's a lot of things that animals do when they first come to live in a new home that we don't really think about as this could just be that this animal is really stressed about the fact that they were taken out of an environment that they knew, put into a a shelter or whatever their situation was. So that is really the main thing that I have heard from these animals over the years is just to give them time and love. Let them adjust. Don't worry. Like if you bring home a dog and it wants to be in a crate and ignore you and, and lay in the back of the crate, that's okay. You just go on with your day. You, you know, do your normal routine, go and talk to the dog or cat or whatever every once in a while. Are you doing okay? Very calm type of voice. It's just really important to be soothing with an animal like this and understanding. A lot of people will jump to conclusions and think that just because they brought an animal home and it's not integrating within the first week, like 
you know, there, it, whatever the, the the dog cat or whatever might just not be happy or the other animals in the house might not be. It really does take time. So please, when you adopt an animal, give them a reasonable amount of time. And also don't adopt an animal unless you know that you can take care of it properly. There was a dog here at the shelter um, over the holidays. And this dog, it stands out to me because the dog didn't have a nose. It was very interesting. Like the whole nose, the outside was missing. And I think they named the dog Boop. And somebody came and, and rescued the dog, took him home over the holidays, and then decided it wasn't working out after like a week and a half. And it's like, you can't you can't judge that in a week and a half. And this happens all the time too with like, oh, our, our landlord said that we couldn't have, well, check with your landlord first because you have to take into consideration again, that this animal has been through who knows what kind of trauma and they don't understand why they're constantly moved around. So when they do go to a new home as well, they don't know if that is forever home or is this temporary stop. So this is another good area where an animal communicator like myself can come in because I can talk to them and tell them this is what's going on. A lot of times they ask me what it was that they did that got them um, to have to leave their previous home. And, you know, these things all are different. It's not the same. So I always try and find out what what happened. And a lot of times if I can figure that out or if the other people, the people that adopted know, and I can tell the animal, it calms them down because they get in their own heads about what did I do wrong? Was I a bad dog? You know, if they were yelled at or abused or anything, they don't understand that it wasn't their fault. And so they need to understand this stuff. And so an animal communicator can explain all of these things to them. It's one of my favorite things to do is watching these rescued dogs adjust to their new home and being able to help them with that. So that's just a little bit about what they've told me about, uh, you know, being rehomed or rescued. If you can't take care of your pet, they also don't mind being rehomed. Like if if you're just not there and or you can't afford it or whatever, don't feel like you have to continue to have that animal because they they deserve to have the kind of life that they should have. And if you can't afford to give them that kind of life or it's just not working, then rehoming is not a bad option. I would definitely way consider it before, you know, oh, this dog is tearing up my house, so I'm just going to throw them outside. No, they deserve to have wonderful lives just like we do. They are souls. So definitely take that into consideration. Let's see what the next question on my list is. How can I tell what my pet's needs are when I can't speak their language? And that's a really good question. Um, so there's a lot of ways here, but again, animal communicator, bringing somebody like myself in and we can interpret. It's kind of like, you know, if you spoke a foreign language and and your animal didn't, or you spoke English and your animal spoke a foreign language, you know, you need an interpreter. You need somebody there that can that can tell you what they're thinking. And so that's where I can come in. But other things that you can do is learn their body language, learn their signals. If you are adopting an animal that's like younger from the time that you get them, I mean, you could do this with older animals as well, but it works really well with the young ones if you start from the beginning. 
teaching them to show you what they need. So when like a lot of times, like let's take a dog and they want something from you, whatever it is, they might just stare at you because they don't have any other way to communicate with you. And during that staring, they might be telepathically telling you too, hey, this is what I need, but you just don't know that that's what they need. So kind of like with a baby, you have to learn their signals. You have to anticipate things. I did a reading for a lady the other day that was worried that her dog had dementia because the dog was just staring at her. And so I talked to the dog and that wasn't the case at all. Even though it was an older dog, it wasn't a dementia case. It was that the dog was trying to tell the owner something and they, they understand that we don't speak their language, but sometimes they are able to get messages through to even those that can't speak the telepathy language you can get messages through absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to do a whole show on that one day on how to communicate with your pets, but you can send signals to them and things to them so that you're talking to them. It's it's harder to hear them back, but a lot of times they will get things through to you. You might just all of a sudden be like, oh, you're bored or, oh, you need to go out. Not have thinking that before. And that's that telepathic thought that's gotten through to you. So it really is about learning your dog's cues, signals, allowing them to show you what they need. Um, but like I said, I'm going to do a whole episode on that. I think that that would be a great thing to help you guys to be able to talk to your animals and maybe even hear them back because the benefits of talking to them, of being able to get the messages through to them are so amazing in themselves. You don't even have to be able to hear them back just to be able to tell them things and and get messages through to them is is wonderful. So we will definitely do an episode on that. Let's see. Can pets see spirits? And do the spirits bother them? So I, you know, obviously as a medium, there's probably a lot of spirits around here at any given time. And to be really honest, like we all have spirits around us, that whole like haunted house thing. Well, if you really think that that's a haunted house, we all live in haunted houses because our loved ones, our animals that have passed away, our spirit guides, they are always around us. So there's always spirits here. My animals, I have noticed every once in a while, especially when somebody new passes away, they do like look at weird things or, you know, they might say something to me like something feels different or whatever and pick up a new kind of energy. But something that I get asked about a lot is with these spirits is, you know, with the bothering them or also with negative things, like, can they hurt my animals? And that is definitely not the case at all. Like spirits will not hurt you. They will not hurt your animals. They are pure love. So you don't have to worry about that. And most of the time when you like see a cat, maybe there's a cat that's like staring off into the ceiling or whatever. Most of the time that is not a spirit. Most of the time that's a bug or something. Uh, it, But they don't like, you're not going to see an animal usually react really bad to a spirit is my point. They know that they're around. They feel the energy that's around. They may feel or see a new one after that person has passed away, but they are really not bothered by it. They know like when the other animals pass away, a lot of times they can feel and see them even around. So they have a different sense of all of this than we do. They're not taught from a young age that 
these so-called ghosts are bad or that they're going to hurt them. I think for the really, if they're caught off guard by them, it's just because, you know, a lot of times they're like a shadow. You might see the shadow and then it just goes away. So like maybe a cat that's staring off into something is like, I saw something out the corner of my eye, but I didn't know what it was, but it's not bad. It's, it's never anything bad. Um, So if you see those kinds of things, don't worry, because I do, honestly, I have a lot of people that are concerned about this, that are like, oh, there's maybe there's a spirit in my house and my animal is trying to tell me this. Well, yeah, probably there's a spirit in your house. There's spirits in all of our homes, but it's not bad. So I I wanted to answer that question because I don't want people to be afraid of these spirits, whether they're human or animal, they are all good and they are not going to hurt your animals. They're not anything like that. So, so welcome them freely. And, uh, because they are they are here to just help us really. So, okay, so we're going to take a brief break and when we come back I have more questions to answer and actually if there's anybody that would like to call in and ask me a question, I would love that or if you uh would like a reading, I'm here for that as well. 888-346-9141 is the number to call after the break. If you missed that, it will repeat it when we come in from the break. And yeah, just go ahead and give me a call. And um, let's see. And if you'd like to find me, you can find me at samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. Book a reading there. Find my other podcast that I have with my husband called Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. That is there as well. So let's go ahead and take a brief break. And when we come back, more of the amazing animal questions. We'll be right back, everyone. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guests will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. 
Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being here today. Today, we are talking about some of those frequently asked questions that people ask me about their pets and what I am told. One thing that I wanted to point out, I forgot at the beginning, is that this week I'm going to talk about living pets and things that we can do for living pets. But I'm also either next week or the week after going to talk about just the the animals that have passed away. So what happens when they cross the rainbow bridge? The one really the most common question that I get asked in this work is, are they okay? And so that's something else that I'll answer. Uh, and if you have other questions that you would like me to answer for you, please email them to me at beyondthebridge11 at gmail.com because I would love to use some of them on the show as well. Okay, so going back to the questions that I have here. One of the things that I really enjoy doing as well in my work with living animals is when people go on vacation. I love to travel, but I have three dogs that I love like they're my children. And when I travel, it's very stressful for me. I want to make sure that they are receiving the same kind of care that they get when I'm home. And that is not easy. I actually have my sister that flies out from Northern California to help with our animals when we go away. So I know how stressful it is to leave your pets when you travel. And as a, as an animal communicator myself, it's silly for me to have these you know feelings really because I can talk to them the entire time I'm gone if I really want to. I can check in on them anytime and, and get a feeling of how they're feeling. Um, but most people can't do that. And so where I come into play with people going on vacation is that if let, let's say you're going on vacation, you can call me and we will talk your animal through it. How long are you going to be gone for? Where are you going? What's going to happen? Who's Are they going to stay at home? Are they going to a kennel? We explain all of it to them, whatever you want them to know. And this does a few things. First of all, think about if you didn't know what was going on. If like, you know, as a kid, your parents are going away and you don't understand it. You see them packing the suitcases you feel the energy is off because, you know, getting ready for a trip is very, it can be very frustrating and and busy and, and lots and lots of energy. So they feel all this, but they have absolutely no idea why they feel all this. So I can talk to them about this and explain, you know, they're just going away for a few days. You're going to be staying at a kennel or, you know, you're, you're, somebody's coming to the house to take care of you. Whatever it is that the situation is, it really, really helps to calm them down. And I will even tell them like, you know, if you're going to be gone for like four days, let's say I, I usually tell them four sleeps. So, and you can tell this information to your pets as well. Like I was talking about, you can, the, in the communicating with animals, just being able to, to show them that, put them out that, put that out there is not difficult. So in a future episode, we will, we will learn how to do that. Um, but yeah, so this really helps. I, I think um, Amanda Murray, when she was on the show a couple of weeks ago, she even mentioned this that with her dogs, it's gotten a lot easier for her. They used to mess in the house and they were very stressed. And now when she goes away, they are much, much more relaxed. And it's the same way with my dogs. They don't really stress the way that I do. Like it's silly. It's just me that's stressing out. They do pretty good because I can tell them what's going on. So 
that is definitely with the animal communication, something, a great way to use it. They don't get upset when we leave. Like, of course, they're going to miss us just like anybody else. They they have those kinds of feelings. So, you know, if you're a kid and your parents go away and you're left with grandma, well, you're going to be very excited when your parents come home and you're going to miss them while they're gone. And you might act out a little bit because you're upset that they're gone. It's all really normal. But when they know what's going on, it definitely helps them more. This also can be used for moving. Uh, if you're anywhere, if, even if you're moving, you know, just a little ways over in your same town, they're going to see the boxes being packed. They're going to feel all that energy and they're not going to understand why. So telling them helps for them to get a better idea. It helps their energy to be more calm and for them to understand the situation um, which really also opens up another question that I get asked a lot, and that's about energy in general. When our energy is off, when we're nervous, scared, depressed, grieving, any of those types of emotions, positive emotions as well, but I'm just kind of talking about the negative ones here, they feel that energy. They feel how stressed we are. This morning, my great Dane had an accident and it's been a really, really hard morning for me. He took a hard, a hard fall. And as an animal communicator, you would think that I could just connect to him and be like, it's okay, buddy. You know, we're, this is what I need you to do. You know, don't, don't get up, just stay where you are, whatever. But a couple of things is because my energy is off because I'm so upset about what's going on that he feels that. So we can't really communicate with each other well through telepathy because he's hurting and I'm stressed out. So the energy has a lot to do with things, with how they're going to feel from you, how they're going to hear you. Because a lot of times, really even, you don't know you're talking to them telepathically. They can pick up things from you telepathically. So you're not going to get those messages through. They're going to feel your you know uptight, harsh energy or whatever it is. And it's going to throw them off. It's hard in those types of situations to stay calm. But the more that we can, it's better. The more that we can use the soft tones, the positive voices, it really helps them to calm down. This also goes with uh, fireworks, thunderstorms, anything that might set your animal off as far as sounds go. We have uh, used to have a chocolate lab. She's passed away now, but she was very, very uh, stressed when it came to fireworks. And one of the things that I learned with her was to go about my business like it's not a big deal. And I'm not saying to ignore her. That wasn't what we did at all. But it was if they can feel like life is going on as normal and that there's not like this weird energy because, you know, these fireworks are coming or because they're happening, then they won't feel as stressed. So even though it's hard, we really kind of need to go on with our day. Uh, you know, for if it's the fireworks, what I usually do is just ignore the fireworks. If we make a big deal out of it, if it's like, oh boy, here they come and, you know, whatever. And then, they're getting upset and and we're you know babying them then we're reinforcing this behavior that we're not really wanting to reinforce so there's a level between comfort and like you know overdoing it and then the the bad energy so it's definitely about making sure with them that your energy is as balanced as possible 
this really goes to kids too. They pick it up even with people, but you know, people we can talk to in in verbal language and they understand with the animals and the, and the small kids, they don't, they just go off of our energy and our facial expressions and our tone and all of that. So when we're nervous, they're nervous. When there's an argument, they don't like it because they can feel the energy, especially if it's like a normally calm home. I followed this animal communicator on TikTok. And one of the questions that she got asked is how do our animals feel when we have an argument with our spouse? And they don't like arguments with anybody, but they understand because in their natural kind of, you know, like pack animals, there's always quarrels. There's always issues. But one of the suggestions that she gave, and I never really thought about this, but I like this, is that there needs to be closure. There needs to be an ending to it. If you leave an argument open-ended and it's like, you know, stressful and they feel the stress, they're going to continue to be stressed over it. So, so calm it down when it's over, you know, bring that energy down, let them feel that it's okay because these things can't be avoided. They, they just can't life is life, but we have to take into consideration that these animals are very sensitive. They are sensitive, not just with, you know, their own needs and stuff, but they're sensitive on how they feel about us because we are their pack leader and they love us unconditionally and they want us to be happy. And when we're thrown off, they're thrown off. So very important to keep that in mind. Also, when going to the vet, this is important with the vet. If you stress, they will stress. I get a lot of people that ask me, why does my dog like whine or pace in the car? Why isn't my dog excited about where they're going? They don't know where they're going. Am I going to the dog park? Am I going to visit grandma? Or am I going to see that, that horrible person in the cold room with the steel table that likes to poke me with needles? They don't have the slightest clue unless you tell them. So, of course, they're going to be nervous. So if you're nervous about them going to the vet and that kind of thing, they're going to pick up on that nervous energy. So, again, the calmer you are, the better, the the quieter, you know, maybe not quiet, but your voice, the tone of your voice, very, very important when it comes to animals, um, being soft with them. They love that and they appreciate it. Okay, let's see what other questions I have. I had um, a friend of mine that actually posted on my Facebook the other day that she was curious if I had ever been to zoos and talked to the animals there and what they feel. And I do get asked this question from time to time, and I, and I love it. And I really would like to do this, do uh, do more of it. I've only actually been to the zoo once since my abilities have been what they are today, which is like in the last five years. So. I haven't really used this for that. When I did go to that zoo, it was just a small community zoo at, at our um, community college here. And there was, I believe it was an eagle, might've been a vulture, but there was one of them that I talked to and they actually, it's not a bad life for them. Like I know that zoos get a good rap and I can't speak for all zoos, but let me try and explain a little bit about how this bird made me feel and what I feel kind of in general about this. Most of the animals, at least in our zoos in America, and I'm I'm assuming Australia, and, and I can't speak for anywhere else, but these are animals that are rescued out of bad situations that can't be rehabilitated. Maybe they were found in the wild and you know just have something they they can't be released. Uh, they're born in captivity. Whatever the case may be, these are animals that, for the most part, do not know any different. They may have instincts, of course. We all they all have instincts, 
that they're supposed to do certain things. So like, let's take meerkats, for example, when you go to the zoo and they have the the meerkat enclosures, they set this up like it would be in the wild so that they can burrow and do all of those things. Of course, they're in close quarters. You know, it's a much smaller area than what they would in the wild. But especially for the animals that were born in captivity, they have no idea that that they're living any differently. They didn't they don't know that there's wild meerkats in Africa and they have no clue. That is not how they think. They're not miserable at all. Uh they're well taken care of for the most part. Most zoos, I again I cannot speak for all. I'm not going to speak for things like the Tiger King or anything like that. But most zoos are in it for the animals. They do feed the animals well. They have all kinds of enrichment programs. They do what they can for these animals. So I am not against zoos and the animals in zoos are not against being there. When you have an animal that's in an enclosure like that, okay, let's think Let's think about a gorilla for a second, okay? Ver- gorillas are very intelligent. One of the things that I believe that they like to do is watch people. I think that most zoo animals like to watch people, but things like gorillas and other monkeys and stuff like that, they really enjoy it. So when we go and look at these animals in the zoo, they are actually admiring us just like we're admiring them. They're people watching. They're watching all the crazy things that people do. A lot of them, I feel like they really like the attention. They like having their photos taken. I see uh, videos on TikTok all the time of like gorillas sitting down and kids showing them their phone through the glass and and stuff like that, showing them babies and like um, signing and, and stuff. They're just amazing creatures and they love to watch us. They love to people watch um, animals inside of tanks. Even, you know, if you have a rat, they're going to be watching thing there. What's going on from the inside of that tank, looking out at the people, watching the people. It's it's enrichment. It's something that keeps them busy. So in general, I just, I wanted to talk about this because I don't want people to feel so sorry for the, the animals in the zoos. It's not the life that was, that was created for them, obviously, but look at other situations. Look at birds. In my honest opinion, parrots and other birds should not be pets. They need a certain type of lifestyle and zoos give them way better that that chance at that lifestyle than most homes do. There's people that keep some of these exotic animals as pets. And that, too, is just was wrong. Nobody needs a tiger in their house at all. Um, but for the most part, don't look down on the zoos. I'm not talking about SeaWorld. I, I really don't know about those. I did have somebody ask. Actually, it was the same person um, that asked about if I had talked to dolphins and stuff and I unfortunately have never had that kind of experience and I have never talked to an animal inside of like a sea world type situation. So I can't speak for them. Um, but one day I would like to do that. I would like to talk to them and see how they feel about it. Is it, uh, the same kind of thing for them? Do they like to do the people watching? I don't know. For It's harder for me to deal with the, the, the marine animals. Like I feel like they really need more space, like big whales, orcas, dolphins. To me, those animals really should not be in captivity. But again, like in some situations, we don't have a choice. If there's a wild dolphin that's found and there's something wrong with it, that it can't provide food for itself, or it's not going to survive in the wild. Well, you have two options. You put it into a program like this, 
or you euthanize because you can't re-release back into the ocean. So there's always, you know, there's always good and bad situations and everything. Breeding programs of like orcas and stuff in captivity. I don't know. That kind of stuff bothers me. We just don't have those kinds of places, those kinds of facilities to keep animals that size. And we really shouldn't, in my opinion. But um, yeah, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the work that the zoos do is conservation. It's teaching. It's very different. And so, you know, be a part of it. Enjoy it. Don't feel like those animals are being neglected because really, honestly, I feel like for the most part, they are well taken care of. Okay, so it is time to take another break. When we come back, I have more questions. I love these questions. I hope you guys enjoy this too. I really could just talk about animals all day long. I have learned so much from them, things that I never in a million years expected that I would learn from animals. And so I love to share it with people because I think that it allows us to give them a better life, to understand them better, to look at them differently, that they're not just animals. They're not just you know, dogs, they don't want to be put outside and have to sleep on concrete and be fed once a day. They want to be inside with their owners and loved and taken care of. And of course, there's exceptions to every rule. You know, you might have a dog that is used to being outside and you, you know, adopt them and they don't want to be inside. There's always the exception to the rule. But for the most part, these animals want a warm bed. They want good food and to be fed multiple times a day, not just one time a day. They they want to be like us and treated like, I guess, like a human because that's they think that they are us. They're a part of our pack. So we have to really remember that when we are taking care of these animals. So, okay, I'm going to stop, stop rambling now and we will take a break. And when we come back, more questions. And again, if anybody would like to call in, let me give you that number. It's 888-346-9141. And we will be back after this break. Stay tuned, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again so much for being here today. We are talking about some of the most common questions that I get asked by animal owners and what the animals tell me. One thing uh, that that really, you know, I don't get asked these things a lot, but this is something that I really wanted to talk about because I see it a lot. I'm on this group on Facebook and it's like an exotic pet group where you can go in and post your exotic pet that has health issues, there's something going on or whatever, and a vet or somebody that has experience with that animal will uh, help you with it. And I've only been a member of this group for a few months. But what I see a lot in there is people that get reptiles and have not the first clue how to take care of reptiles. I honestly, like I said about the birds, I I wish that there were some animals that we just wouldn't have as pets and reptiles are another one. And I know that there are some very good reptile owners that take very good care of their reptiles. But for every one, there's probably a hundred that do not. And I'm not exaggerating. I It's really, really sad. And a part of the issue is, you know, we go to a place like, like PetSmart, okay? And they have like leopard geckos. And they give you a setup. They say, okay, this is what this needs. And you go home and you just trust that, no offense, that this 20-year-old in PetSmart, because I used to be the 20-year-old in PetSmart, knows what they're talking about, that they've had the proper training to set you up with that animal properly. And you know what? That's not always the case. And people go home and they put this leopard gecko in the tank and they throw crickets at it a couple of times a week. And they never think twice. It's just there in the tank. And that's no life for these animals, Um, especially getting a single one, having one. There are some species that are solo creatures, so I'm not talking about everything, but birds, for example, they're flock animals. They do not like to be alone. So if you have a bird and it's overly needy, that's why, because you're its flock. When you have other birds, they have others to interact with. and reptiles are all individuals, so I can't say, you know, you want to have two of these or or whatever. But you have to take into consideration that you're putting this animal in a tank and not paying any attention to it. Snakes that are just put in takes where they have to be curled up and they can barely, like, you know, slither around. It's horrible. I hate to see this. And these animals, they're most of the time are not provided with the correct amount of light and the correct amount of heat. It's especially for, like, rainforest animals like chameleons and and there's some forms of geckos they need a very specific humidity and if you don't keep things at the humidity if you keep it too dry you're going to have certain health problems because it's too dry and if it's too moist you're going to have it because of that uh it's there's a balance here so it's really important to know about these animals before you bring them home reptiles are are not starter pets in my opinion you go and get one of the little turtles, you know, a little box turtle, right? They're going to be with you for a long time. And some of those turtles get really, really big. Sulcatas, you can get one that fits really nicely in the palm of your hand when they're a baby. And then the next thing you know, 
you can't pick them up because they're, they're so heavy. So these are all things to take into consideration with reptiles. My honest opinion is don't do it unless you really, really know what you're doing. Don't adopt reptiles or birds. Just, just don't. They're a lot of work. And when it comes to birds, that's a whole other story because like with the reptiles, you have to have proper heat and lighting and all that. But with the birds, they're super duper sensitive to things like fragrances. Like when I had birds, I didn't have any kind of Teflon in the house, no candles, no incense, nothing, because every breath that they take circulates twice through their body and their bones are hollow. So just imagine that like any kind of toxins, they circle twice. Uh, it they are very, very sensitive creatures and they're very smart creatures and they require a lot of interaction, a lot of enrichment. So if you don't have the time for an animal like that, like like let's take an African gray, one of the smartest birds, right? This bird is going to require a lot of toys, a lot of, of stimulation, a lot of interaction. And if the bird doesn't get it, it's going to pluck out its feathers and scream all the time. And what kind of life is that for a bird? So Take these things into consideration when bringing any new animal into your home, or even if you have one, maybe there's somebody out there that's listening right now that has a bird that's been locked in a cage for years and doesn't have toys and is never dealt with. You know what? That bird deserves better than that. And so those are the times where we have to think about maybe rehoming. It's really about what's best for the animal, not necessarily what's best for us because they can't provide for themselves. We have to provide the correct care for them. And we can mess that up in so many ways, especially with these exotic animals, these these reptiles and birds and stuff. So um, just, yeah, just a little bit of advice there when it comes to the exotic animals. Let's see. The next question on my list is, is it true that you can tell who you can trust by how your dog reacts? I think that that is a good meter, but I wouldn't rely on it solely. It really depends on the dog. So I have three dogs. I have a Labrador and two Danes, and the Labrador loves everybody. He's the guard dog, and he will tell you to get away from the house. But if we say it's okay and you come in the house, he will be your best friend. The female Great Dane does not like men. She doesn't like people in her home for the most part as it is. And she she worries me. Like I try to keep her away from new people because I'm afraid it's possible that she could bite. We don't know. We have only had her for two years of her long life. So you have to treat all of them differently. So like if a person comes in the house and my Labrador doesn't like them, okay, that's a red flag because he likes everybody. If somebody comes into the house and my female Great Dane doesn't like them, well, I'm not going to take that too seriously. She will adjust. And if she doesn't, then okay, maybe. Our other Great Dane, he he's kind of an introvert. So I don't really listen to him. So you have to go by what the animals are like. If they're kind of antisocial, then they're probably not the best ones to tell you that a person is bad. But like with my Black Lab Sabbath, I've only... in the nine years of his life, have I seen him get upset once where I thought he might bite somebody and it was an air conditioning guy that came into the house. And even I could feel that this guy's energy was weird. I was like, whoa, what's going on? And so I had to keep Sabbath away from him. So in those types of situations, you know, for sure, I, I would put a little bit of interest into that. Well, why is my dog that normally likes everyone like this? 
when I first met my husband, I had a, a chocolate lab, uh, Sequoia. And Sequoia was really good. She loved everybody, but she was also my protector. And so, you know, if there was a reason to protect me, of course she would have. But I never saw her freak out on anybody. And then one of my husband's friends came over who actually ended up being his roommate for a little while. And she hated this guy. She lost her mind. Every time that he would come into the house, she completely lost her mind. And that continued through her life. She did not like him. There was never a relationship established there. But my black lab liked him. But the big Great Dane, the male Great Dane, that was one of the people that she that he liked the least. And so that kind of was like, okay, well, if he's really, if Zuma's really overreactive to this guy too, and Sequoia was, that was the only person that she didn't like, there's a reason there. I don't know what the reason is. It, it's probably different. I mean, I, I suspect that I know with this person what it was, but it can be different. It could be different for a lot of reasons. Um, one of the reasons actually that I, I read a while back and it's kind of sad, but Sometimes people live in countries where they eat dog. And I had read an article that dogs pick up on this. Um, so uh, that's kind of scary, but hopefully not one of the reasons why we feel that a lot. I'm going to assume that most of the time it's the person is um, maybe has a drug issue and they're detecting that um, has something to hide. There is, of course, always the possibility that the person is afraid of dogs. Uh, if the person's afraid of dogs and they're acting like they're fearful, then the dogs might feel uncomfortable around them because they don't know why the person's acting like that. Why are you so nervous? You know, they they don't know that the person maybe was attacked by a dog when they were a kid or or taught the dogs are bad or or whatever. They they don't know. So they're just picking up on your energy. That's why they say bees and dogs can smell fear. It's really true. They really can they it's not the smell it's the sense they they sense it from you they feel it they they feel your energy and your vibration and if you're afraid of dogs and you are putting that out then that's definitely one reason why they might not like you so it's i think that in this situation it's very much based on the dog themselves that you should listen to you know like like with sabbath i'll listen to him when he tells me he doesn't like someone because there's definitely a reason there they are very intelligent creatures, so we should pay attention to these types of things. Uh, let's see. Another common question that I get asked a lot, not necessarily that the animals answer this for me, but that is, what are my feelings on vaccinations? And I'm not a vet, and I'm only looking at this from my intuitive side and the fact that I prefer to be holistic. I don't believe in over-vaccinating our animals. And most vets, well, I can't say most. I guess it really depends on where you live and what the situation is in your area. But a lot of vets nowadays are taking different vaccine protocol. They're not vaccinating every year anymore because they realize that they were over-vaccinating. Or they're doing titer testing, which basically means that they take blood and they check the blood to see if they still have antibodies. So if you're vaccinating for like parvovirus, they will check a parvo titer and see if there's still antibodies in the dog's system. And if there is, then they know that they don't have to vaccinate. Now that's expensive. You're going to do that all the time. That, that gets to be expensive. So that's not always a possibility. My way of looking at it is if your dogs don't go out, if your cats don't go out, 
why do we have to vaccinate them more than we would ourselves or our own kids? So I usually vaccinate my animals when they're younger, when, you know, when they're puppies and at one year of age. And I, I do go by the law with rabies just because, you know, I, I would hate for something to happen. And then I have a dog that's not vaccinated for rabies. But when it comes to the other ones, I'll be really honest. I don't vaccinate. I I don't unless they're going to go like Zuma used to go to daycare. And so for him, I would like do every couple of years. But now, like none of these dogs have had vaccines. They don't go anywhere. Like, what's the point? You're just adding toxins into their body. These vaccines, we way over vaccinate. They vaccinate a little tiny chihuahua with the same amount that they vaccinate a giant Great Dane. That can't be good for the little tiny chihuahua. It just can't. So we have to be kind of common sense about this, kind of smart about it. It's hard because I know we want to listen to the vets and we want to think that when the vet tells us that we should vaccinate for Parvo every year, even though the dog never leaves the house and, you know, it's a senior dog and senior dogs don't really get Parvo. Like we just have to be logical about it and and realize that sometimes it's not that the vets are looking out for our best interests, it's that they're looking out for their pocketbooks. Not all of them. I have come across some really good ones. And especially on TikTok, there's a lot of holistic vets that will tell you the same exact thing that, you know, it it really is just like us. We wouldn't want to have like some vaccine every single year. Like what if you had to be vaccinated for chicken pox every single year? That would be a little bit crazy. Anyways, that is our show for today. We only have two minutes left. I do have some other questions here that are great questions. So I'm sorry if I didn't get to yours. Uh, I will definitely put it in for future episodes. And I think next week, I don't have a guest lined up yet. So I think next week we'll go ahead and do the the pets that have passed away. There's always great questions on this about reincarnation. Who are they with when they get there? Do they do they see us here? Do they come around? Oh my gosh, the questions are unbelievable for that. So we will do that next week. And uh, until then, everybody, thank you so much for being here. Oh, let me give you my information real quick so you know where to find me. SamanthaJonesPsychicMedium.com. You can find everything there. I have a new blog post out about Higher Self, uh, the um, podcast that I have with my husband. You can find that there as well. We did a Higher Self episode a couple of weeks ago, so they kind of go together. So yeah, so I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful week. And until then, peace and love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.